0: Move, goddammit! It's a robbery! It's a robbery! It's a robbery!
1: It's a robbery! Where are you going? It's a robbery. I'm going to get you money out of the cash register. I'm robbing the bank. Well, the bank
0: is across the street.
1: I know the bank is across the street.
0: I need to get Mr.
1: Addison over there to
0: open up the vault. What are you doing?
1: Uh, i mean Scrabble.
0: Don't touch any of that. We're getting out
1: of here. He's got
0: scallions. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Boot.
1: That's right. It's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to.
0: Merry Christmas, Kenna. Merry-
1: Happy, Christmas, Happy, Christmas. <laughs> Happy Christmas,
0: Harry. Happy Christmas, Harry. All right, guys. We've uh, done so
1: many holiday movies.
0: <laughs> I know we're in a trap of holiday movies since October. It's A trap? Been, oh, that's a great segue. <laughs> guys, Ken and I are going to talk about my favorite Christmas movie and one that Kenna has decided to hate for some reason. <laughs>
1: decided? No, I didn't decide to hate it.
0: Yeah, we're in the middle of the holiday season and Ken and I are going to wrap up this year with a couple of Christmas movies starting with Trapped in Paradise, the 1994 Crime, comedy, Carol, starring Nicholas Cage, John Lovitz, Dana Carvey. Uh, I always fuck her name up.
1: Mad- Mad- ch- Madchen? Is it Madchen? I think it's Madchenomic.
0: I think it's pronounced because I think it's like an, I think it's like Machen.
1: Uh, you, then your guess is as good as mine. Uh-oh.
0: Yeah, we're going to find out.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> We have to make sure that the umlaut is on there. Otherwise, it won't pronounce it correctly, <laughs> right? Machen Amick. Machen. Wow, why did a child tell us? (laughs)
0: Look at (laughs) ghoul.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an evil spirit.
0: Okay. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. A lot of my friends constantly quote this movie throughout the year. But this was Kenna's first time (laughs) and from the various text messages and and conversations we've had, she's sorely let down so we'll get into uh why or why not this movie may be the best movie in the world and uh but before we do we got some
1: reboot news there's some big reboot news this week war of the worlds remake Colin greg kinnear in talks to star greg kinnear is in talks to star in a european remake of war of the worlds europe ran out of stars and came calling to greg kinnear the actor who was most recently in the sixth season of netflix's house of cards has been circling the script. But a deal has not yet been struck. Kinnear would be a big get for the ambitious project. War of the Worlds is currently in pre-production and sources close to production have told Deadline that it is set to start full production next year. Set in the present day, it will be a reimagined telling of H.G. Wells' alien invasion story. It comes as the BBC is set to launch its own take on the classic sci-fi story. The Big Shorts' Rafe Spall and Poldark's Eleanor Tomlinson are to lead the cast alongside Trainspotting's Robert Carlyle and Sherlock's Rupert Graves, which is set in Edwardian England rather than America. You know I just included that last part because we're going to talk about mm-hmm. rapes ball being I in this know. movie.
0: Um, what do we think about this?
1: I think War of the Worlds is kind of a classic story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one that can be retold in any time. But sure, why not Why not take the events of uh, an American story and place them elsewhere? Because if there's an alien invasion happening, it would happen everywhere, right? Aliens wouldn't just...
0: They wouldn't just come to America and like leave Canada and Mexico alone.
1: Yeah. They,
0: they, I mean, if you've seen Independence Day, they go everywhere. Yeah, they go everywhere. Um, War of the Worlds is a story that a lot of people sort of know once they're like... 10 or 11 maybe or maybe maybe not maybe it's not as prevalent pre- prevalent the, as i imagine it but sort of the the idea that it was like a fake radio broadcast right mm-hmm. that like sent people panicking am i thinking of the right one or am, like yes
1: well i mean where the world was initially a book and then orson welles oh, yeah, radio orson welles. broadcast sent the world into panic because they assumed it, it was, was real yeah um when in fact it was a dramatization and then they made the movie 2005 maybe with Tom, with Tom Cruise. Cruise which i didn't hate yeah i agree i thought that was a really good adaptation
0: even when they get to tim robbins in like the weird house i was still like
1: okay I've got to- We'll get us to the city. We'll have our own tunnels there, ready made. Subway. It. See what I'm saying? We can hide a whole army down there. Stop we'll me. go underground. Save the taxicab. Backstory: People in my hometown often all saw the same movie at the same time because we had a one-screen movie theater, and so if there was one movie that would play at a time, and so if I saw it, everybody saw it. So I remember after my friends and I saw War of the Worlds, we were like, "Who is Justin Chatwin?"
0: <laughs> um, is that the son?
1: Yeah. Um, he was very cute. Um, I also am excited because the, there's the European version, um, I think, which is actually going to be produced for Canal Plus, the French distributor. But the BBC is also making a version that takes place in Edwardian England, which is a little bit of a twist, but you know, I'm going to watch it.
0: I, I Guys just, support Rape's Ball. Both of these projects, I feel like for more of the Worlds, like... It's gonna be a really hard challenge to create a sense of panic. I feel like because mm-hmm. in a lot of mo- like we are saturated with so many disaster slash superhero slash catastrophe slash alien yeah. movies. This this I was gonna say this decade. This summer alone, right? Um, so I just don't know how how you're gonna build how you're gonna build that sort of suspense in in either of these two versions of this project. I mean, the BBC version at least has like a weird, funny like time manipulation Mm -hmm. so it's that it has that going for it but i don't know how i mean netflix is going to crush it because netflix i don't really know what i'm saying i'm just i'm just sort of like (laughs) i guess my point being is
1: it's a disaster how does this fit how does this fit on the
0: i mean thanksgiving has come and gone but like on the thanksgiving table with all these sort of like Mm -hmm. uh alien catastrophe movies where does where do where do these little pies go
1: yeah, how do you make something like this? How do you make a recreation of something we've all seen special again? Yeah, yeah.
0: Greg Kinnear, I guess.
1: Greg Kinnear.
0: All right, let's move on. Oh fuck! What do I have to read this one? <laughs> Shrek Puss in Boots getting rebooted. Exclusive. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Shrek and Puss in Boots are getting rebooted and Chris Melandandre, the man behind Despicable Me, is overseeing the revival. Universal Pictures has tasked Melandandre with finding some fresh storylines to reintroduce the lovable ogre and the sword-wielding feline to new generations of movie govers. Please don't. Um, one thing the animation guru doesn't want to mess with is the vocal performances. Part of the popularity of Shrek is attributable yeah. to a voice cast that included Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Antonio Banderas. No Cameron Diaz? Yeah,
1: no love for Cameron. <laughs> she she retired and they said, take her out.
0: Take her out. Uh, and in a an lengthy profile in Variety, Melandandre says he would like to get the band back together. Quote When you look back on those vocal performances, they're awesome. And while you certainly could make a case for a complete reinvention, I find myself responding to my own nostalgic feelings of wanting to go back to those characterizations, explains Melandre. The challenge for us has been to find something that really does feel like it's not simply yet another film and a series of sequels, end quote fuck this
1: so they're remaking (laughs) shrek and puss in boots but they don't want to cast new here's the thing i get that like the character of shrek is mike myers Mm -hmm. so you don't want to replace him but like, how do you make a new version it just seems like a weird idea
0: imagine the phone calls to all these actors being like hey we want you to reprise your role as Shrek for the fifth, sixth, and seventh time. Mm. But we're going to forget the other ones ever existed and they're going to be completely brand new stories?
1: Which, I'll say this, the first Shrek movie is iconic. Now, ogres, they're much worse. They'll make a suit from your freshly peeled skin. They'll shave your liver, squeeze the jelly from your eyes. Actually, it's quite good on toast. I don't know. I feel like it's something that is sort of... Floated out of our lexicon, but I—it's—it's it's entirely memorable.
0: Memorable. I'll give you memorable. Um, I—I I remember hating almost every frame of that movie.
1: Really? Yeah. Not even the little like songs.
0: You—you you mean Smash Mouth's cover of? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the monkeys.
1: I mean, like when they go to um farquad's castle and they like press a little button and it's like disneyland where they're like welcome to Duvall, can i just tell you right now down. i <laughs> surf, 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 down. i remember the words guys
0: I, I i have actively tried to forget this property That's so Ever fascinating exist? maybe i'm just very I'm, 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 maybe, maybe I was you're just a jaded curmudgeon I, maybe um, <laughs> i i'm trying to remember when did this first come out 2000
1: I think so. Somewhere around there. Yeah,
0: I was already in a really emo emo teenager at that point. Like I did so not have like Shrek in my life. Yeah, Shrek. Fuck Shrek. Um, are you gonna watch this Nightmare Frankenstein Shrek?
1: Remake? I mean, I find myself it's really hard to get me into a um to an animated movie at this point in my life. So maybe, but probably not. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck to you,
1: <laughs> Chris Melandri. Chris, Melodandre. good luck. Exclusive, producer David Heyman confirms Willy Wonka movie is a prequel. We learned earlier this year that Warner Brothers is developing a Willy Wonka movie with Paddington and Paddington 2 director Paul King in talks to take the helm. A further curiosity arrived this summer when Collider broke the news that actors like Donald Glover and Ryan Gosling were on the studio shortlist to play Willy Wonka in this new film, which at the time was rumored to be a prequel. So when Collider spoke with Heyman in anticipation of the release of Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald more like the crimes of Johnny Depp. He asked for an update on Willy Wonka. Heyman said they're still figuring the film out, but did confirm it will be a prequel to the Willy Wonka story. We already know quote, we are still trying to figure out how to tell that story, what the story is. It's a prequel. It's not a sequel. Thank you for that. What makes Willy? when we find him at the chocolate factory doing the golden ticket? Where is he before that? What leads him to that place where he's locked himself away? It's how does he get there? so we're going we're playing around with that end quote wow this is not a question i ever thought i'd ask myself but part <laughs> of me is like how did he end up with a race of little orange people in a in a factory well making... speaking of johnny
0: depp don't they talk about that in his well, version Um-pa-lumbus. imported direct from loompa there's no such place what? Mr. Wonker, I teach high school geography and I'm here to tell well, you. Well, then you'll know all about it and oh, what a terrible country it is.
1: See, this is actually a, a pet peeve of mine. So they talk about it because in the uh, book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Johnny Depp version is a more faithful version to Roald Dahl's original book. And in the yeah. book, they explain the Oompa Loompas a little better.
0: They're like pygmies or something. Um,
1: right? I
0: Can I say pygmies, by the way? Is that? I
1: I don't know. I don't know. If there are any pygmies listening, let us know. I write off Charlie and the Chocolate Factory entirely. Like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is is the movie. For sure. So I prefer to think of the Oompa Loompas as Little Orange People. um, I'm of
0: two minds here. Uh, I recently watched both Paddington movies. Have you seen them?
1: That's my, um, not to ruin the timeline of this, but that's my Thanksgiving assignment.
0: Oh, to watch Paddington. Because
1: I heard Paddington 2 was on HBO Go, and so everybody keeps raving about it. So um, I'm going to watch Paddington and Paddington my 2. My
0: friend sat me down about a, w- a week ago. He found out that me and someone else had not watched Paddington, mm-hmm. and he screamed at us. How have you not seen Paddington? Because we apparently like, it's cares? the
1: best movie.
0: It is. It's incredible and after i watched paddington both me and my other friend who hadn't seen it turned to the one who recommended it and we asked when are we watching paddington 2 we watched it two days later it's even better
1: yeah that's not just as
0: good and so paul king the guy who directed those two movies like Mm -hmm. as a storyteller he did an incredible job with a property that had no business being good yeah or even being made but it worked so I'm on board on that and then, of course, you drop names like Donald Glover and Ryan Gosling. Like, yeah, OK, I'm going to buy a ticket. The only problem is is like my other, my other side of my brain is going – this seems like Solo. This seems like telling a story of a person that we do not need an origin to because he's not the main character – in the movie we love him the most in like
1: it's true like i i'm curious about him but part of the reason we love Willy wonka i think especially the way he is in Willy wonka and the chocolate factory part of what makes him so fascinating is that he comes and he goes and in the middle you're like that's very weird yeah. but then when he sort of hands the factory over to charlie you're like oh, okay so he's gone now like part of the joy of knowing him is that so much of him will be an enigma. Like I, I'm not sure I want to hear a sad story about how he ended up alone. Like right. it's it, almost certainly going to involve a woman yep. and maybe or a, mu- or a parent. Maybe or, some. Maybe like if it goes really dark, children. Yeah. Like he, he's lost people for sure.
0: I, I just keep thinking of like Aviator or. Um, Citizen Kane. Like, mm-hmm. I just I just keep thinking of this sort of Howard Hughes-esque right. tycoon who has it all and then eventually just, like, pushes everybody away and he just becomes, like, this enigma of, a, like, this secluded weirdo. And it's just like, that's not going to be a fun, happy thing to watch. Like, but,
1: like you said, maybe, maybe Paul King takes it and is like, there is a story to be told here.
0: Yeah. So, I, I have some faith in this movie mm-hmm. i'm not leaving this being like why would you ever do this because of exactly because of paul king and i don't know who wrote the paddington movies but um that person needs to be involved as well because <laughs> they're incredible films so all right
1: <clears throat> Let's cool. get into do you the think medium, we I guess. talked way too much about absolutely nothing yep Let's go.
0: Okay, guys. We're going to get into the reboot of Trapped in Paradise. But before we do that, we have some rules to tell you. Kenna, give the people the rules so we don't <laughs> end up in jail like the, like the two Furpo brothers. Like
1: the Furpos. Like the Furpos. This is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. We may talk about some people you've never heard of and you're going to want to look them up. We will be talking about a movie that you may not have seen. So if you haven't seen Trapped in Paradise, pause us right now. Go watch it. Come back. Don't be scared. It's a little weird. Okay. It's phenomenal. Rule number one, no remakes, reboots, or long lost sequels. We can't do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 years. This includes franchises like War of the Worlds that pop back up with uh, new versions every few decades or so. Rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are alive and working today. And rule number three, no Tinder casting. We can't cast someone just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent.
0: Okay, guys, let's get into the reboot of Trapped in Paradise. Guys, I still got the keys to the vault on me. And I'm going to go back to town. And I'm going to put the money back.
1: Bill, I think that Duncan Lake got your brain. You are not
0: thinking clearly. No, I'm thinking very clearly. You hear that? Silent night, holy night, adeste fidele. God rest you, married gentlemen. This is the best Christmas present I could ever give to you. I appreciate the sentiment. You let me decide what I get for Christmas, all right? This money belongs to me and Alvin, too, you know? It never belonged to us to the town trapped in paradise is the 1994 comedy directed by george gallo uh writer of such movies as midnight run and th- he wrote the story for bad boys which is really strange
1: Ooh.
0: uh he directed uh middlemen also with nicholas
1: kate oh, no never that's heard matchstick
0: that. men uh <laughs> who's in middlemen
1: i mistake most things for matchstick uh, men don't yeah. worry
0: Stars Nicolas Cage as Bill Furpo, John Lovitz as Dave Furpo, Dana Carvey as Alvin Furpo, Machen Amick as Sarah Collins, Florence Stanley as Edna Ma Furpo. Um, so I love this movie. You <laughs> hated this movie. Um <laughs> why don't we talk about it why what what were your first impressions
1: well the very first note i wrote down is so they're all supposed to be brothers oh, yeah. question mark
0: yeah they don't look alike at all i avoided the trivia of this movie because i was like this might ruin sort of the fun of this movie for me mm-hmm. and then i just looked up the trivia and the first thing is john lovett's claimed that he the cast hated making the movie so much <laughs> they took to calling it trapped in bullshit <laughs> So Honestly,
1: I feel like you can tell. You can tell that nobody is giving it a hundred percent. Really?
0: I think okay, first of all, this movie has this movie has Nicolas Cage, yes. John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey at starring points as when brothers. they were
1: very famous. All of these men were were either highly respected comedic actors yeah. or I mean whatever Nicholas Cage was at the time.
0: Oscar Award winner.
1: That's true. And choices were made. Um because what's fascinating is that there are times where I think Nicolas Cage's performance is so genuine that I'm like, oh, right. He's a good actor. And then other times, like when he hears that there's $275,000 in the bank and he just goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cartoonish at times. But I think this whole movie is kind of cartoonish. Like there's no town on Earth like Paradise, Pennsylvania. You know, it's the the movie poster is like a snow globe. Like this, mm-hmm. this whole town is supposed to be this like. Rockwellian oasis of magic and kindness. And then here's these three criminal brothers who kind of like stumble into this like peach cobbler fucking town square. And
1: here's okay. I think that there's a good movie in here.
0: I think this movie is a good movie.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> if you're watching, if you're listening from my perspective, I do think there is a good movie in here. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of nonsense choices made because if they had built a better foundation for before they get to paradise i think i would have been along for the ride a little more but it was stuff like like nicholas cage's job is he's a the manager of a very nice restaurant and so i'm like how on earth is does this man not have his own apartment how has he not like Moved away from his family. How hasn't he not like left them all behind? That I don't understand.
0: Well, he has a mother he has to take care of because his two brothers are in jail, and New York's rent is skyrocketing. (laughs) Kenna,
1: in nineteen ninety four, sure, of course, he could not afford this.
0: Is pre this is pre housing crash. (laughs) Um,
1: I'm just saying, it felt a little bit like I wished. It's here's my biggest thing. What is Nicolas Cage's motivation through this whole movie uh,
0: well i think it, i think the first his first motivation is to keep his brothers from getting him in trouble yes. and for him from like going back to his old ways of crime and stealing and armed robbery and all that stuff all right let's start this off on the right foot whatever it is the answer is no no no
1: no what what are you talking about
0: whatever it is that you want me to do the answer is no does that apply
1: to me too, Bill?
0: No, I got no beef with you. Are you sure?
1: Yes. Because I wouldn't want you to be pissed at me.
0: No, you're fine.
1: Really, there's no problem between us. There's starting to be.
0: And then in the middle is he's deciding that after he's given in to his brothers and has robbed the bank, he's going to give it back. He wants to. He wants to absolutely change.
1: I think I was just confused at how they get to the they they just start like committing crimes it's not an instinct like sure alvin is a a kleptomaniac that's diagnosable yeah but um the whole time i was just like nicholas cage might as well at some point just be like i gotta rob i just gotta (laughs) rob and i was like No, no no what where is this coming from are you insane but i don't really know what i expect from Nicolas cage anymore like should i should i go into movies with him that i've never seen before expecting him to be normal uh,
0: no. i wouldn't say normal but the you should definitely, definitely no. be, expect to be entertained and enthralled I, there's so many great lines in this movie you cannot deny that there are some extraordinary lines like every 10 minutes someone is just saying something fucking hilarious and that the bank robbery scene might be one of my favorite scenes in a movie where they have to leave the <laughs> bank to go get the bank manager's keys of the diner. The key! <laughs> and then in the meantime, John Lovett starts doing yoga in the bank oh to keep everyone calm. Gosh, I just I just think it's wonderful. Why don't we start with- Let's
1: get into it.
0: Let's start with Nicolas Cage. Okay. And this is our third Nicolas Cage movie. It seems appropriate that we kind of- uh, almost end of year on a Nicolas Cage movie. And I've said this before and I'll say this again. It is impossible to recast Nicolas Cage because he makes so many wild and varying choices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can't just pick another actor and be like, oh, make these exact same movements as he does. Like you right. say, like so you have to pick an aspect of this character. Yeah,
1: that's very true.
0: And then cast, I don't mean a lesser actor, but someone who you is, you know, just not Nicolas Cage in this in this role. <laughs>
1: Did you um, cast Nicholas Cage in his I role? I wanted
0: to. <laughs> this was really hard. Um, I I cast – I casted an actor who I previously cast before and I wanted to because um, – so, OK. Bill is a reformed criminal. He's trying to do right uh, – live on the, the right side of the law. Mm-hmm. He's sort of made uh, – carved a little life for himself after I'm assuming some sort of stint in jail. But he's also just as like – Crazy as his two brothers once they're all sort of in their old element of like robbing and stealing. <laughs> so I had to pick an actor who was very who has a very serious streak in them but can also like play a line of comedy, mm-hmm. um, but maybe not as like banana land as Nicolas Cage <laughs> does. I picked Adam Driver,
1: mm-hmm. um, okay,
0: who is here's a weird thing so Adam Driver's 35, he looks maybe like he's like 33. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. Was thirty. He's very young, and he looked like he was forty nine. Um, <laughs> so in that regard, I feel like I'm safe. Yeah, but I um Adam Driver is like one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Yeah, these he's days. a big star right now. Um, uh, I and you know he's really busy doing like Star Wars and then like an indie movie and then it's like a Star mm-hmm. Wars and then an indie movie. A I Star Wars. A Star Wars. I would like to see him do just like a straight sort of comedy. Yeah. Um. One of these days, so that's who I picked.
1: I think it's a really good choice. Thank you, because there is something about him that, like, that is a little Nicholas Cagey. Like he, he clearly has a little more, um, what's the right word, agency over himself. Mm-hmm. But I can see him making wacky choices. I
0: know how your mind works. You know exactly what you're doing, and the whole time you stand there with this "who me." expression on your face you're doing it right now alvin is it me
1: i'm thinking about that scene in what if have you seen what if no with daniel radcliffe yeah. and Doric yes
0: yes i love that movie
1: it's i do too and there's this weird scene and it's in the trailer too and i it makes me laugh every time where he like comes out of his uh, he like pulls a thing out of the oven and is like, I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos <laughs> and it's insane, but you buy it from him. He's, mm-hmm. he's got a wacky streak. Um, I think that's a really good choice. Thank you. I also sort of did the same thing where I feel like I had to just pick someone who in my mind could approximate the insanity that is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And really just someone who I think based on who they're currently playing on television can be very grounded and relatable, but can also just be entirely, I mean, wacky is the right word. He can be a wacky guy. I picked Andy Samberg.
0: Yeah, I thought of him. (laughs) I guess it's weird. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Uh that's why it's so hard to cast Nicolas Cage because it's like – this man has an Oscar. So it, 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 you have to take him – I mean the they give him
1: like, out to anyone. They, give
0: them, they gave him out to a kid once. They almost gave one out to a dog. Wait, um, what? Apparently there's like some trivia where like the first Oscar they nominated like um, the dog who played
1: – Lassie.
0: Uh, I don't know if it was Lassie. Some other – Old Yeller. Old Yeller maybe. And the people were like, yeah, give it to the dog. This would be hilarious. And then like the Academy was like, no – this has to be serious. <laughs> they so gave they one to three,
1: him. six mafia. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Andy Samberg. Yeah. I, I think if you're going like, I mean, this is a comedy. They just hired yeah. a dramatic actor to play the main yeah. role and surrounded him with like a bunch of comedians. Uh, but yeah, Andy Samberg
1: nailed it. Uh, Which brother is next?
0: next? Uh, Dave played by John Lovitz.
1: Listen, I I love Lovitz. I'm nuts for Lovitz. He is the per like I, I told you earlier, I laughed exclusively at John Lovitz he in this movie. He has the best lines in these movies. He has the best delivery. He is so funny. Especially I really liked the phone call that he takes where Nicolas Cage is like trying to pull the phone away from him to be like, "Let me talk to." Because they call, he calls their mother who is with the escaped convicts. Yeah. If you don't give me that money, I'm going to throw your mother out the window. I don't think she can fly, can she? Oh no, 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 no! Flying would be out of the question, especially in this weather. Did you rob that bank? Ah! What an imagination! <laughs> like Nicholas Cage is trying to pull away from it, really made me laugh.
0: No, he hangs up and then he's like, "Oh, did you want to talk to?" her <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: See, uh, here's the thing. Maybe I,
1: maybe the problem is Nicolas Cage.
0: I don't think so. I, this is what my hope is. I hope that this movie for you is one of those things where you watch it the first time. And you're like, this movie stinks. And then you see it again and you just laugh a little bit more at it. And you're just like, I never noticed that line. That's a really funny line. And then the more it kind of just like keeps appearing... You eventually fall in love with
1: it. I did note that I watched this movie by myself, and I don't think you should watch any holiday-themed film unless it's the holiday, because you're going to cry. I don't think you should watch any Christmas movie by yourself. Yeah. It's always way more fun with people. Yeah. Um, and it's probably also just better in your mind when you're with people who are going to laugh with you. Um, but I didn't have any people, so... That's that. Um, okay. So. <laughs>
0: There's a long stare into the middle distance there, folks.
1: Um, okay. So, recasting John Lovett, very difficult. Very difficult. I essentially was choosing between these two people who I felt, now, I didn't want to try to, like, approximate the energy he's giving. I think I just wanted to cast somebody who I think is really funny mm-hmm. and who would probably also give a really, like, funny and unique delivery. And I ended up picking Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. How old is Zach
0: Galifianakis?
1: He's forty nine.
0: Hmm.
1: Which I didn't realize this, but Andy Samberg's forty years old. I knew that, so I aged up my brothers a little bit, mostly because the person I picked for Alvin was my uh, cornerstone. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like Zach Galifianakis for this. Yeah. I know he's been doing a lot of serious comedy now. Yeah. Have you seen Baskets? I haven't, but I've heard it's amazing.
0: It's pretty good. I saw the first two seasons. I don't. I haven't jumped into the third season, but he's he's very good. Yeah. Um, he's, he's right. sort of like the natural person that you think of to like it's hard because John Lovitz is he's he's so he's so sarcastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. Every line is just like drenched in sarcasm. <laughs> it's a line where like they're like they stole the carriage. They stole like the sheriff's son's horse and carriage. Uh huh. And they're like <laughs> hitchhiking. And they That's where we gonna, end up in this movie. <laughs> they, they finally get someone to pick them up and the horse is like Falling into the ice, and Bill and Alvin are like have already had their change of heart, and they like run back to save the horse. And Dave just looks at the driver and goes, "Ah, who needs you?" He just walks away. He's oh god, he every everything from John Lovitz in this movie is so funny because he he's such a treasure. They don't seem like brothers in any way. Like there doesn't seem like there's any love between them. At all, but they they fight like brothers. I swear we passed that farmhouse before. What? Oh no, all those uh, the farmhouses and going like. if we're going around in circles. I'm going to break your neck.
1: I just did what the map said. I made four lefts.
0: Four lefts is a going,
1: you idiot. Are you sure?
0: But I agree with you. Like it's hard to like replace that kind of level of satire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, not satire, but sarcasm from John Lovitz. Um, I picked an actor who I think is funny. Um, he's a little more abrasive than John Lovitz. But mm-hmm. what I thought about is just like Dave being just like literally the worst person. <laughs> like he lies about the letter. He lies about his his mom, you know, being in danger. He lies about Bill's wallet at the crime scene. Like he's the whole yeah. linchpin of this entire disaster and why they're there. But in the end, he kind of like at the at this when they give the money back at the steps of the church, he's like, he's like, You're right, this was the right thing to do. So I picked Danny McBride as okay. um someone who like right off the bat, you know, is just he like he's just gonna be an asshole. Yeah. And he's just gonna push all these people's buttons. And then when you know, when they're then they're locked in the town, mm-hmm. he's gonna be the one who's the saltiest, who's complaining about getting out of here because they have the money. And it's not until like their mother's in danger and then he learns his lesson that it's he's like he, he yeah, sort of
1: he's the last to have a change of heart, yeah. so he kind of has to be the one that like can give the hard edge. Yeah, I like that. I it's, mean, it's it's weird to think that like when you see Danny McBride, you're like, ugh, unlikable. But you're right. Like, there's something about him that if you would have to convince me throughout the movie that he is. Uh He's well, going to be
0: okay. <laughs> Danny McBride, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Eastbound and Down or.
1: Eastbound and Down is like vital television. Yeah. Friends. It's so funny. If you haven't seen it. But
0: a lot of his characters are just like people who are Scummy. aggressive. Yeah. Just like really just like dickish. But I, I, I don't think he is that way. And so I think his, uh, yeah, that turn he could nail. Um, should we move on to Alvin Furpo, played by Dana Carvey?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- the second note I took watching this movie was Dana Carvey's voice, OMG, kill me. My name's Alvin Furpo, and um, what I've learned in prison is that like robbing and stealing and all that horse shit, there's something that ain't right about it, you know what I mean? A lot of guys in here disagree with me, but uh, they're serving time. I'm up for parole. Connect the dots. <laughs> Connect them. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to sit through this whole movie and listen to him talk like this. He uh, then surprisingly doesn't he doesn't have a huge part like at one point like his biggest moment is that he develops a relationship with a horse
0: <laughs> it's like his best friend yeah he's just like yeah he's like the quiet squirrely brother but he's just like really sweet at heart so <laughs> despite the fact that he's and a he steals everything and has to steal everything he's like uh, he's just like a really warm person which is like when they get back to So they like try to escape paradise and then they crash into the river and this guy finds them and he takes them to his aunt and uncle's house and it turns out that it's the bank manager and his wife and they're with his – the family that they just robbed and he like warms up to the bank manager's wife like she she like sort of mother hens him to a point because it's christmas and he Mm -hmm. just loves christmas and like this is the exact (laughs) home sort of like he wish he had because they had it's like they they grew up on like sort of like the more impoverished side um i just love when he just he just keeps trying to eat constantly (laughs) through this movie god okay um so I was trying to think of Alvin as like, yeah, that squirrelier kind of weirder brother who, you know, can't help himself to a lot of the things that he does, but is still sort of like kind of innocent. And so he searched through a lot of SNL alum <gasps> and uh, I wanted to pick a guy who could play, you know, just as weird of a character. I don't, to follow
1: I knew, in his footsteps. To follow
0: in his footsteps. Um, I picked Kyle Mooney.
1: I love Kyle Mooney. Yeah. I, I really have this like weird soft spot for him. I think it's because I loved Good Neighbor, their uh, Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett. And what's their other friend's name? I know
0: the, who you're talking about. They're like web series that yeah. they made.
1: I love Good Neighbor. I love them on SNL. I think his like comedy persona is so lovable. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. I can see him doing this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like, he, there's something, like, really sweet about him because he's so... No offense, he's but he has, like, a really odd look. Mm-hmm. His humor is... It's never, like, really mean or vicious, unlike Danny McBride's, which is very, right. like, aggressive. He's just, like, really weird and strange and different. And I think as, like, the young... I, I'm assuming Alvin is the youngest of the two... Of the I three think, brothers.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how they planned that. They never that.
0: really say who's older, who's yeah. younger. But, like... um yeah, he just reminded me of that kind of like, just maybe like the the runt of the brothers who's just kind of like, he just can't help that he has like a thing where he just has to yeah. steal. But,
1: And I could see him befriending <laughs> a horse. He's got Yeah. If I could, you could see him befriending a horse. <laughs> it's true. He would love a horse. Um, that's actually a really interesting assessment because I think in my cast, I thought of Dave and Alvin as the older brothers and i saw bill as a younger brother who is sort of just like he doesn't want to follow in his older brother's footsteps Mm. um so i i cast a little older with zach galifianakis for one brother and then my other choice which this truly was the linchpin of my brother cast because i i when i thought of him i was like truly this man has never needed to be in a remake of a movie more in his entire career he'll nail it I picked Jason Manzukas, <laughs> who, in my opinion, is one of the funniest humans on the face of the earth. Um, he, is. he is. He brings a heavy dose of fun to everything he's in. I mean, I feel like something quick and easy. If you haven't seen the episodes he's in of The Good Place, like I, I don't like laugh out loud at TV anymore. And I was rolling during his so episodes. so that show.
0: And The League and... Um what was that? It wasn't a great movie, but like the Will Ferrell, um,
1: the house, the
0: house where him and Amy Poehler make a casino. Um, Jason Mendoza is like the guy who like sets it all up, shows
1: them how to like make um, a. He's home the casino. best
0: part of that movie by far, by far, by far.
1: He's so much fun, and I liked that if you have Andy Samberg sort of playing straight, Zach Galifianakis as the leader of the group, and. I mean, this is Talk who about he is.
0: People who don't look like brothers at
1: all. Listen, um, <laughs> not that it matters,
0: but it's just pretty funny. Like.
1: And then you have Jason Mendoza as the wild card brother. I was like, man, how badly do I, how badly do I want this remake now? You two are
0: on parole. You cannot leave the state. You are in my custody. You cannot go. So just quiet
1: down, my little one, and call me dad. Hey, dad. Can we stop and
0: uh, get some ring things and milk? Ring dings and milk? Ring dings and milk? Oh yeah! And then we get some balloons. We go to the puppet show. What are you, two years old? Um. Okay. Sarah Collins, played by Machen Amick, who I texted you as soon as I had this <laughs> brain aneurysm connecting uh-huh. the dots with this actress. Yes. And who she is, because
1: I was gonna say, have you not seen Twin Peaks?
0: Well, I have. Uh, no, actually, I haven't uh, seen Twin well, Peaks. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> but. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking her up and her credit was just like Riverdale, I was like, holy shit. My love for this movie has grown everlasting. (laughs) Like, um, I don't know why. I guess these are the only two things I've seen her in. Mm. So the distance and time and just floored me. I I was shook. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. How did I not realize that?
1: Which she's fantastic. Yeah, I love. She I mean, as as a, a a more mild fan of Twin Peaks, I'm a fan. Plus, she had this like uh, weird sort of stint on Gilmore Girls that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, this character is very strange because it turns out there's a lot of conveniences in this movie. It turns out that when they get to uh, the man who rescues them, when they get to the aunt and uncle's house and it's not just that it's the bank owner's house but it turns out that Sarah, the bank teller who they met in the bank lives upstairs and they call her Sarah Upstairs.
0: Very strange.
1: (laughs) I I mean this is kind of the the classic uh and this isn't really a rom com, but as the female lead, quote unquote, of this movie. It's the classic sort of she is beautiful she is working at the bank because that's what works she for the is story available she's available she's like around she's very clearly detached like she's just living in an extra room in somebody's house just really needing a Nicolas cage to come into her life and save her um So I just wanted to pick someone who I think is funny and talented and beautiful and who I'm currently enjoying. And so I picked Yvonne Orgy from Insecure. She plays Issa's best friend.
0: I I apologize. I do not know this person. (laughs) Um, But she will be in – she's in night school with Kevin Hart mm -hmm. and (laughs) – Oh, she's just My a very
1: is- funny actress slash comedian.
0: I'm, uh, I'm cool. Coo-coo-coo-coo-coo. Very- cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, no, I'm no. I'm no, sorry. No,
0: <laughs> I'm trying to say something. <laughs> but yeah, you know, what's funny. Like, uh I don't know if this soured you on the character of Sarah or not, but like, I did like the idea that she's, she's sort of. At the crux of why they robbed the bank. Mm-hmm. The only thing that didn't make sense to me is like it seems like she doesn't have connections with her dad mm-hmm. who is like this big time scary mob boss. Yeah, <clears throat> Yet the mo- the guy knows everything about this bank, which is how Dave Furpo hears about it and decides to go mm-hmm. and rob the bank. And also shame on him for talking about this bank. If it was so like right. ripe for the taking, why would you tell – an entire building of criminals exactly where it is. So I don't know why I never tell
1: a furpo where they can steal something. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: Um, this one, uh, perplexed me for a long, long while. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not exactly happy with who I picked, even though I think she's a great actress. Okay. Um, you picked her. I think the only reason is like, she's a lot younger than the other actors I picked. Even though Machen Amick was significantly younger than the other actors in this movie. Yeah. Um, but she had a real like toughness that I thought Sarah kind of had even though she was trying to like pretend to be someone else. Mm-hmm. I I wanted someone who who could kind of play that vibe of like she's, a, she's like running away from her past. She knows these guys are up to no good and she knows that she, they're only going to bring trouble for her and the people that she's like come to love. I think you did something stupid today something you may
1: regret.
0: Your last name isn't Collins, is it?
1: No. No, it's not. And I've lied to a lot of people I care about, so please just go while you can.
0: Um, I picked Mika Monroe.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, she is a lot younger. She's a
0: lot younger, but like <clears> – <throat> and this is what bugged me. This is a me okay. thing. It's not a her thing. Oh, OK. Tell me. There are millions of actresses out there, mm-hmm. literally millions of actresses out there. Yeah. And for some reason – I could not get this actress out of my head as mm. someone who was who could play someone
1: she's like a little she's she's not on the run but she's like hiding she's hiding she's
0: hiding out she's yeah. a liar she's good at it um and she can sort of sniff out other bullshitters in mm-hmm. this town that's so good and and wholesome and and virtuous she's like the only person who's like who who sees the furpos and is just like, you obviously are the fucking people. Yeah. But it doesn't rat them out because she's also trying to be like a, like the people of paradise. So I just got stuck. I Like she just got stuck in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she's a bad actress. I'm just sort of no. like – I'm bummed that I couldn't find someone maybe a little older because I know how you hate casting much older men romantically with much younger women. So I was just like, well, fuck it. Like she's the only person in my head. So that's who I went with.
1: No, I, I think she's a great actress. I don't think you should... Uh, get not, down
0: on myself? Let's not beat ourselves up. Let's not up. ourselves.
1: It's Christmas. Because you know
0: what I mean? Let's forgive each other.
1: Let's not let the norms of Hollywood get us all down. <laughs> One thing I do love is that there's this sort of moment in the middle, like you said, where, where uh, Nick Cage and she are alone and she's kind of like i know what's going on and he's like he's still trying to get it like yeah but like i like you and she's just like eh you don't really know me bye go and i i really loved that because it wasn't like you don't even necessarily get a hint that she's really that into it. She's just kind of like, eh, this isn't that this isn't my thing. And I really liked that because I was like, cool, at this point in the movie, she probably shouldn't be like, take me away.
0: <laughs> I know. It is surprising that she like full on kisses him at the end. Oh, yeah. But I, I think there are moments where you, where you realize that like, he, his, like his weird charmingness aside, there are like some pretty true moments between them where they where they kind of realize that they both kind of want the same thing is to just like get away from like a family of uh miscreants
1: honestly i wouldn't be shocked if the sequel to this movie were that because at the end of the movie um everybody sort of gets caught but the town doesn't rat them out because they and they return the money and they have bigger fish to fry elsewhere essentially and i would not be shocked if there was a sequel to this movie that is the town as soon as like the are they FBI agents? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. They're FBI in this movie. The FBI agents leave and then the people of Paradise are like, now we're about to do some local justice. And they find out that they're like this like violent cult and they're just they just wanted the FBI to leave so that they could like viciously murder the furpos on their own. Is that you,
0: weird? You just want this movie to be hot fuzz. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> All right, let's move on to they great, they're good.
0: <laughs> let's move on to Edna Furpo, played by Florence Stanley. Um, man, this lady was a firecracker.
1: Hey, Edna, how was you like to ride in the trunk of the car? Edna, Edna, are we sleeping together? I think not. You call me Mrs. Ferpo, goddammit. Come on, Caesar, don't aggravate the old witch. I wish I was a witch. I'd shove my broomstick right up your ass. My favorite line in the whole movie was, I'm being held hostage on the night baby Jesus was born. <laughs>
0: I wrote down you guys are dumber than a box of hair
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah she was she was fascinating. I also for some reason, really loved the delivery of when they 're sitting at dinner, and she's like putting she 's putting like corn on alvin's plate, cream corn, and he just keeps going, eh, yeah a little bit more a little bit more <laughs> like she's putting like seven dollops of corn on his plate, and there was something about the exchange that I was like, this is uncomfortable (laughs) and yet.
0: Um, I love Edna as just sort of like the woman who would raise these three knuckleheads of just like really terrible criminals Mm -hmm. but still like absolutely loves them like every mother like loves their kid it's so good to see an older female character dish it right back Mm -hmm. to like some of the male co-stars like every scene with her and the ex-convicts who kidnap her Mm -hmm. and take her to paradise oh my god it's so good she does not give a fuck about these two (laughs) she's not scared of these two Mm She's, you know, Mm -mm. it just seems like she probably has robbed a few banks in her time. Like, she's not afraid of a gun in her face. But yeah, she's (laughs) just this, like, sweet old lady. She's just like, I don't know.
1: This really didn't take me long because I was looking at a bunch of older actresses and I was like, it really shouldn't be someone because there's a lot of, like, sweet faces in there. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to steer away from someone that I'm like, oh, they're nice because this person does not need to be Betty White. Um, But... Who it should be is Lily Tomlin.
0: Yeah, I almost picked her. And then really, she's 80 years
1: old. She is. And she's still a firecracker.
0: She is. And she What's Grace and Frankie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's hilarious. I mean, she is a god of in. The comic world. Like, she's so, she's so funny. funny. I was about to pick her, and then I found an actress who's just as funny. Oh, slightly younger. Sorry, Hollywood. Sorry.
1: Okay. Wow. First, uh, like, how old is Megan Monroe? 20- 24. Yeah. Oh, okay. Make your choices.
0: <laughs> I picked Catherine O'Hara.
1: Oh, love her. Yeah. Love of, her.
0: Uh, Home Alone, Best in Show, a bunch yeah. of Christopher Guest movies. Um,
1: Most recently, of Shit's Creek, which I've only watched a little bit of. Is it good? And it's funny. I feel like I really need to get into it because people are raving about it. Okay, we did it. Thank God. I'm kidding.
0: What's funny is you came into this pod absolutely (laughs) hating this movie, but we've had some good laughs laughs about this movie.
1: Please don't turn this into an after school special. (laughs) Guys,
0: give this movie a chance. and If you don't like it, just let it, you know, let it irradiate you like fucking plutonium and eventually What? you'll see it. Um, all right. Huh. Should we get to where does Barry Pepper go? Let's do it. As where does Barry Pepper go? Okay. I, I don't know if – how <laughs> Barry Pepper would play this part. Okay. But I – Put Barry Pepper as Agent Sadius Pizer, played by Richard Jenkins. Me too. Obviously? Like, right?
1: Obviously. Obviously. But I think the thing is there are tons of supporting characters in this movie, but there was something about how, I mean, I it was one of those like double takes of like, oh, Richard Jenkins is in this movie because he's not in it a lot yeah. that if you just sprinkle a little pepper in there, a little...
0: Berry Pepper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it would be
0: a lot of fun. I don't know how I can play this clip, but he is <laughs> one of my favorite moments is when the town decides that they're not going to route out the Furpo brothers because mm-hmm. they gave the money back. Yeah. He's just like, he has a complete nervous breakdown. What the hell's going on in this town? Huh? What? what, what, what? it's something that i say to myself all the time when i'm in, like when i'm so stressed out like in a state of dis- utter disbelief i think about richard jenkins in this movie and i'm just like what what, what, what? it's so good um okay anything else about this movie <laughs> i feel like i forced you to to talk way too much about this movie that you that
1: i mean you enjoy. this went way better than unknown episode uh, number the lost episode lost episode
0: The episode that shall not be named nor heard.
1: uh... You got mad at me when we were recording that. So this went a lot better.
0: (laughs) Um, I just think this movie is chock full of great lines. I know it doesn't make sense. This cast doesn't make sense. It's bananas, which is why I think I'm so in love with it.
1: I feel like the... Here's the thing, I've mentioned this movie uh, since I watched it last week to a lot of people who were like I had no idea this existed. And so I think that might be the general sentiment. So when I went to down when I went to rent it on iTunes, I discovered that um it has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. And which is honestly better than some movies can say. But there is one review on iTunes and it's a 5-star review and it just says Christmas classic. <laughs> yeah. And I checked it. Brian didn't write it.
0: (laughs) I used a a non diploma. Would you remake this?
1: Um, Honestly, I think I would. Like you don't even have to know that it's a remake. I just think there could be a good movie in here. Punch it up a little.
0: I think this movie is perfect, <laughs> as it is. But you got, it, you got me excited thinking that the idea of a sequel, so I would definitely watch a sequel. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us this week on this episode of The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please listen to us next week as we send you off for 2018. <laughs> Please subscribe. Please rate. Please tell your friends. Kenna, where can the people find us?
1: You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just give us a search. You can find us together as one on social media, at The Boot Podcast on Twitter, and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us individually because Brian sometimes abuses our social media. <laughs> 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 at Kenna Trent and at Flimby.
0: Are you talking about the Red Sox World Series? Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. At Go Sox! I won't say that.
1: ho. Star, ho, ho. <laughs> Is that appropriate?
0: <laughs> well, you nobody, till somebody you. So find yourself somebody to love.
1: Hey, Bill. The guy in prison told me if you used the wrong key, you could set off the alarm. Why don't you let me do the cracking and you do the jacking? Leave him alone, Bill. Prison's a lonely place. Sure, I heard things in the night. Shut up. Uh,